I'm a production coordinator and executive assistant at Animal Planet. I'm currently a freelance post supervisor on a Disney Plus streaming series. I'm currently managing director of Workload Studios, and I was also a post-production supervisor for 10 years with Viacom. I'm a full-time freelance entertainment writer. I've been in Los Angeles ever since, working on shows from Dallas to Newsies to Game Shakers iCarly. Driving around in a golf cart, picking students up, being like, do you want to ride to class? Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2 of the Scripps Launchpod. I'm your host, Erin Roberts, the Director of Student Development for the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. As you might know from Season 1, I'm also a 2000 graduate of the college and I bleed green. I am so happy to have students back on campus this fall and to be able to help them reach their educational and professional goals. This season is going to be a little bit different. While we hear from alumni of all five of our schools working in different parts of the industry, my point is this, communication is everywhere. We're going to keep this short and sweet and make sure that you go into the rest of your day knowing something that you didn't know before. Feel free to reach out to me at any time at roberte1 at ohio.edu. Now let's get into it. Welcome to this episode's segment of Faces in the Crowd, where I introduce you or help you get to know better some of the many faces you see on the Ohio University campus without the titles of student, professor, dean. We're all just people with amazing stories, talents, and favorite things. So let's make this campus just a little more cozy by learning more about this week's featured face in the crowd. I'm here today with Jenny Hall-Jones, our Interim Vice President for Student Affairs at Ohio University. Jenny, should I call you Jenny? Jenny is fine. Okay, great. We'll be on a first-name basis here. Um, Jenny has been in this position since 2020, and prior to that was the Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and Dean of Students. Um, I also hear that you are a three-time Bobcat yourself. That is true. Great. Tell me what your degrees are. I got my bachelor's degree in sociology criminology, and then I went on to get a master's degree in college student personnel from the College of Ed. So that is basically the degree that you get if you want to work at a college someday. For all of you listeners out there that think you want to do that, you can do that. And then um, I got my PhD in higher education also from the Patton College. Awesome. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself. So I understand... um, from a little bit of research I've done online that you are from Northern Ohio, but you came to Ohio University for your degree and basically never left. That is true. I'm from a little town called Kingsville in Northeast Ohio and Ashtabula County. So it's the largest county out of the 88 counties in Ohio, also known for covered bridges. Besides that, nobody has ever heard of it, but you can't get more north or east without falling in the lake or going to Pennsylvania. So that's how far. Great trivia. (laughs) All the little things you might want to know. And um, when I came down, I came to OU sight unseen. I'd never even visited campus. There were only two uh, places in the state of Ohio that had my degree that I entered with, which was forensic chemistry. It was Youngstown State and Ohio University. And I was close to Youngstown, like north of Youngstown. I'd visited Youngstown. I had family in Warren. And I was like, I'm not going to Youngstown State. And so I literally came down here never having seen it. So that iconic drive when you kind of like go around the highway and you see Ohio University for the first time and you see Peden Stadium and the river 
And I was like, oh my gosh, this place is so pretty. I love it. Mm -hmm. And you hear so much about that with students that they fall in love with the feel and the look and the environment of Ohio University. That's what I did. So it was a blind choice that I made when I came here and just fell in love and have been lucky enough to kind of make my path here. Yeah, that's wonderful. So um, I think that's true. All of our, all of the alumni throughout the ages agree with that statement that Ohio University is just a singular place and one of the prettiest campuses in America. You know, we say it and it's not just something we say. We all know it's true. Um, and I think that that's awesome that you had that experience. So now you are here and your family is here. I, I assume you're raising a family here and they are raised. They are old. They're old now. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, kind of. So um, I met my husband, Scott, here on campus. We were in Res Life together. We were both RAs. And then we got married kind of right out of grad school and uh, had children right away. So my oldest son, Casey, he graduated from Ohio University this past spring with an economics degree. And my youngest son, Brian, is a junior. Um double majoring in history and classical civilizations and is enjoying his work at the Jefferson Market and loves it. And so it's it's fun. Like uh, I came from a family who didn't really go to college and to have like my whole family be Bobcats is pretty special. Absolutely. I know you've been a great champion for students, you know, not during the not just during the pandemic, but over the years that you've worked here. Um, and I remember seeing really fun videos of you like maybe like I don't know like on a golf cart like running around campus can you tell us a little bit about the ways you've been successful in bringing fun into your position and actually truly relating with our students that is so funny I wish I could still do that golf cart thing but um you know that James Gordon or Carden uh thing where he runs around and does karaoke in the car right yes so when that first became popular I was just like, oh my gosh, we should do this. And for me as a dean of students, um, I don't know if everybody kind of knows this because people see us as like the principals of college and see us as like the heavy. But we are normally the dean of students office is the crisis support. So when a student is struggling, when there's been a death in a family, when a student has passed away, like the dean of students office is the are the people that care and make sure that the students are going to be okay. And so we deal with heavy things. And so for me to do the fun things and kind of the outrageous things, like driving around in a golf cart, picking students up, being like, do you want to ride to class? And they would get in the golf cart with me, and I'm like, there's one catch. You have to sing karaoke. <laughs> and we would karaoke driving around in this golf cart. Um, it was People would think it's like my way of relating to students, and it was. It was really fun, especially when I had no idea what songs they were talking about. I was like, can you pick something from the 80s or the 90s? Because that would help me. <laughs> but it was more for me. Like, I needed that. You know, we do such heavy work sometimes, right. and I need the kind of levity in my life. But I can't do it anymore because the golf carts have to be road-ready with license plates and stuff, and I'm not allowed to drive around in them. Oh, but bummer. that was fun. But yeah. maybe the scooters. Maybe I could try the little scooters and right. do something. You could be an escort. <laughs> they could have their scooter. You could have your scooter. And we could just sing and drive around together. Yeah, well, um, you know, have, having never really met you, I know you've, you've set a really positive tone on this campus, and I want to thank you for that. Um, you are obviously a fun-loving, caring person, and that shines through. I think this is a hard time for all of us, but especially for our young people. And so 
you know, now more than ever, it's important to have people like you on campus. So thank you so much for being that person who creates fun and advocates for students and for being here today to talk to me on the Scripps Launchpad. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of the Scripps Launchpad. I'm here in Schoonover Center, and I'm very lucky to be joined by five of our alumni throughout the college who are working today in the TV and film and screen industry. We have so many awesome names here and graduates from several different schools and many different years, so let's get started. Hi, my name is Anna Livingston. I graduated in 2012 with a degree in media management, and I'm currently a freelance um, post supervisor on a Disney Plus streaming series. Hi, I'm Paul Schneider. Graduated in 1986 with a communications degree emphasis in video production. I'm currently managing director of Workflow Studios, which is a company that is helping people virtualize their post-production workstations and shared storage in their full studios. And I was also a post-production supervisor for 10 years with Viacom. I'm Marissa Donovan. I graduated from Ohio University in 2017, um, majoring in script writing and producing. And now I am a production coordinator and executive assistant at Animal Planet. Hi, I'm Alex Darris. I graduated from OU in 2018 with a degree in journalism. And right now I'm a full-time freelance entertainment writer. Hey, everybody. I'm Bruce Rand Berman, and I graduated from OU in 1986, a nice long time ago. And I've been in Los Angeles ever since, working on shows from Dallas to Newsies to a bunch of Nickelodeon things. Uh, Game Shakers, iCarly, a whole bunch of other stuff. Awesome. It is so great to talk to all of you. Um, Very impressive list of alumni here. So thank you again for taking time today. The focus for the podcast this season is to show our students that people with communication degrees can work in so many different industries, um, not just parts of the communication industry, but, you know, different industries outside of that as well. So please tell me um, about the importance of being a good communicator in the entertainment and screen industry. How did your degree from Scripps benefit your work in this field? Well, I'll start. This is Bruce. Um, I'd say uh, I graduated with a degree in communications back a long time ago. Like I said, um, that's sort of a very general term. And I know that lots of different schools call it different things, every from everything from media services to uh, media sciences to TCOM to telecommunications, movies and TV and film and communications. But my degree was a BS in uh, in communications. And uh, I think that's a very general term, but communication is key in the industry no matter what position you're in, um, no matter what you do, where, it doesn't really matter. Um, without communication, the whole process falls apart. Uh, whether it's interdepartmental or within a department or across the board from top to bottom on a TV show or a film, uh, you have to have good communication. So those skills are something that's really important to carry along no matter what you do. I could speak, you know, I, I graduated in the same era as Bruce and, you know, communication is something that is, you know, not generational. And at OU, we actually learned how to communicate by all the hands-on experience that we got. We had to work within teams from day one. We had to figure out how to work with the student staff, the professional staff, uh, as well as all the faculty. And by being involved in so many 
opportunities to actually produce things. We weren't just sitting, listening in a classroom. We were actually in the middle of everything and had to figure out how to communicate. And that's the experience that OU gave to me and allowed me to excel. And speaking of involvement, just going off of Paul's point, they, uh, Scripps has a huge push to get internships, um, to really get that real life experience, even while you're in college, before you graduate and go to the real world. Um, so being able to do that, as well as being a part of the L.A. program where you spend a semester in L.A., have a real internship, that was um, hugely beneficial to me and coming out and getting a job after I graduated. That's great. I'm glad you all had good experiences here as students and that you've obviously evolved and grown and, and learned more through your career. I know the pandemic has been hard on all industries um, over the past 18 months. Can you tell me a little bit about how it has affected your work and maybe the way business is being conducted in the screen industry right now? I can go because um, I started before the pandemic. I was working kind of a regular run-of-the-mill reporter job and kind of doing freelance um, movie reviews and TV reviews on the side. But then once the pandemic hit and everything went like really virtual first, I was able to kind of expand um, the different websites I write for and turn it into a full-time thing. So I think it's been hard, but it's also like a expanded my opportunities because I don't have to be in a certain location to get this experience at different news outlets. So That's great. Anna, how has this pandemic affected the way you are working? Um, it really, it was a big challenge because um, post-production, you know, we, before the pandemic, we were all in one office, we were all together. And then um, we were sent home and they, challenge us with figuring out how do we make um, post-production continue? How do we make editing continue? Sound mixing, visual effects. How do we finish the show remotely? And um, I was really lucky to be part of a team that um, really stepped up and just had had the resources um, and had the right talent and skills to figure out how to finish the show remotely because um, it's, it's something that the industry was kind of working towards anyway, with people wanting to be in different areas and also finishing things. But um, to do it all like we in a week with that, that for that midweek in March 2020 was was crazy. Um, and now we've got it down to a science. So it's just it's really nice for me, especially living in L.A. to uh, not commute. Um, that has been a huge life changing benefit. It's been amazing. And then um, I think everyone just really enjoys because the industry hours are pretty, pretty intense. They're pretty long. And it's nice that we can be at home with our families while also continuing these jobs that we love so much. Um, so just different, a little bit of a different lifestyle change, but I think in a good way for the most part. Yeah, that's great to hear. There are definitely some positives as you know, yeah. we all learn to adjust and really, truly find that work-family-life balance. Bruce, how about you? Um, I think the pandemic's been a real challenge for a lot of different people. I mean, it shut down the entire industry for the most part for at least six months last year. Um, so everybody was out of work, and it's been slow to recover, really. Um, it 
in some respects has slowed the process overall. I know that, you know, in the olden days before 2020, you could, uh, you could hire people pretty quickly. You'd have to, you could just jump on shows and run with it. But uh, whether you're in post or in, in, in actual on production stuff, but the reality now is that you can't do that anymore. You have to really plan ahead or it really can handcuff you because you know, you don't have day players jumping on the projects where, you know, like you used to because they have to go through COVID tests and all the different protocols just to walk on set. And in fact, many people can't even walk on stages or production sound stages anymore because of that. Um, there are different, uh, you know, everybody gets different hit, uh, wristbands and different sort of levels of involvement based on where they stand in what job they do and stuff like that. And now, um, now there's a threat. This is just sort of typical of our industry overall, but now there's the uh, IATSE, the unions are in their negotiations, their contract negotiations, like comes about every three years. And that's sort of ominously overshadowing everything right now because we may have another union strike coming up and that'll just stop it in its tracks once again. So it's very cyclical, the industry, uh, and there's always something, whether it's a strike or COVID or something to stop you. Um, but hopefully it all works out for the best in the long term. Sure. And, Paul, I think that you'll probably be able to show us maybe some more of the positives from that because you found good work and making more studios more virtual and more powerful in that medium. Uh, yes, absolutely. I was very much in the same situation that Anna was. I was in the middle of the series and uh, they didn't change the air date, of course, and they just made us try to figure it out. And we were making it up as we went along and transitioned our workflows about four different times over the course of six months uh, as newer and different and more interesting ways to make it happen and figure it out. Uh, so and that all transitioned to me getting called about because of my background and all the workflows, because I was uh, driving that with a couple of other people over at Viacom. Uh, I got a call and got a new job out of it. And now I'm kind of doing this 100% as I'm helping everybody transition. Well, that's great. I'm really glad that it worked positively for you. Um, thanks, all of you. I know, like I said, it's just been really difficult and I'm glad to see you're all flourishing. What advice do you have for students um, in finding internships in this industry? Um, you know, I know L.A. and New York City are obviously hot spots in this, you know, industry. But are there lots of options for locations to live and work? Or, you know, what what do you tell the student that isn't sure they can make that cross country or northern move at this time? Um, I know that's kind of a, a heavy two part question there, but I'll take any takers on that. Yeah, I think. There is this belief that L.A. is the one or New York City are the only two trajectories, which is completely false. You know, one of my first my very first internship was in Buffalo, where I'm from, where I grew up. So I would drive 45 minutes into the city um, and I would have this internship at this advertising company and then drive home. Um, and I have a lot of friends that actually have stayed in the Buffalo area and, have, you know, partaken in not only internships, but jobs in the entertainment industry. So. It is. It's great because it does feel like a small world in the sense that you get to know a lot of different people through the different networks. But it's expanded not only across the country, no matter where you are, whether that's local to you in Ohio or if you want to go to L.A. or even Toronto. You know, there's many different places that you can go, which is great. And um, I think that the biggest thing is when it comes to getting that internship is just making sure that. You really have that solid resume that you've sent around and gotten lots of notes on so that you can just apply, apply, apply. 
And I know it's probably incredibly hard for people trying to get an internship right now during COVID, but the good news is, is that I think a lot of companies have um, changed the way that they go about internships and they're allowing people to do their internship from home virtually, which is really great. So I would just take a look at entertainment careers, LinkedIn, even the company's own career site through word of mouth, through any type of network that you've created at Ohio University or somewhere else. So just kind of going into these different pockets and seeing where you can find these internships. Absolutely. I think that, you know, virtual and remote internships used to be a thing and now they're a huge thing. And there's no shortage of that when, you know, companies are finding that they can save money by not having people on site and keeping the actual electric on and things like that. So um, I think that's a good point. Who else would like to speak to that? Um, I can talk from like the the journalism internship side, because I feel like for especially when I was at school, it's like there's always a few places that everybody would try to do their internships at. And they were in L.A. or in New York or something like that. But I found even my first internship, I'm from Cleveland and I work for the local um, newspaper and website here. And I was able to get an entertainment focus internship where I could interview filmmakers, local and bigger too, and as well as um, like musicians and things like that and do other, get other experience like writing reviews and things like that. So I don't think it has to be limited to the big name entertainment outlets because you can find a way to get those clips at other places. Sure. And to your point, Alex, I think you can, even when you get into maybe a more smaller company, you're able to cater what you want in that internship more than you would at a larger company, I found. Like my first internship, I was able to talk to the person that hired me and be like, hey, I'd really like to focus on social media. And so I was able to be more involved with their social media than if I were to have an internship at you know, Sony, that probably wouldn't have happened. So yeah, I totally agree on that front. Paul, I know you've worked with interns in the college. What advice do you have for students that are looking for internships in this industry right now? Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of interns over the course of, uh, of, of my career from OU because I know exactly kind of what their training was and how they were coming in. And I was very, it was very, it was very easy to tell the superstars from the the average average students, because just looking at their resume and what they had done and who they had interacted with, I was able to, you know, ascertain who would have the the work ethic and you know be able to figure it out and do all that type of stuff. I would always, uh, I would always prefer, I would always uh, recommend that if you have an opportunity for a in person internship over a remote internship, that you lean even if it's at a smaller city or not as as prestigious a name, I would always uh, favor an in-person internship because the, you know, getting back to the communication and interacting with people and learning from other people. I, that's my biggest fear from the uh, from the pandemic is that the 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 over the transom learning that you get in an office that you don't get it from home is going to be lost. So I would always highly re- recommend favoring an in-person internship. You know, given the option, if we're if you're so lucky to have two options, so sure. Or if you're able to choose which path through one company, you know, there are many that are saying, they'll, you know, it's a very personal decision, and they're leaving that up to students. So might not be the choice between two internships, but just the choice between the two different methods of an internship with a single company. 
We're so proud to say that we have more than 25 student organizations in Scripps, several of them nationally recognized for their excellence. Part of the college experience is finding your family and your people in one of those student organizations. To better acquaint you with all Scripps has to offer, we've got a special segment each week. Welcome to the Student Spotlight, where you'll hear from some of our best and brightest, the student leaders of these amazing student organizations. Hey everyone, my name is Harlan Friedman-Rommel and I'm the president of Rough Cut Collective. Rough Cut Collective is one of the student film organizations on campus. We receive funding from the school to produce three to four short films per semester. So if you're interested in getting involved in writing, directing, lighting, sound, camera, editing, any department in film, we'd love to have you. We have in-person meetings, hooray, on Wednesdays from 7 to 8 in Siegfried 519. And we're also holding a writer's room this year from uh, 7.45 to 9 on Mondays in Schoonover 508. You can follow our social media on Instagram at Rough Cut Collective or reach out on Bobcat Connect. So hope to see you at our next meeting. Thank you. Is there any one area, either here within Scripps, the Scripps College of Communication, or outside of this college here at OU that you've heard about and you're just fascinated by and you would just love to come back and study? You know, right before I graduated, I learned that Beth Novak, who I believe might still be at Ohio University, teaches this class about media and theme parks or something like that. And I was so upset when I found that out before I graduated because I would love to. I love um, theme park. So it would have been really cool to take that class. Yeah, I think we all want to take that class and we're all, you know, vetting and kind of punching each other out trying to get a chaperone spot there. So um, they actually visit a very popular amusement park as part of their class. And I think it's called um, Storytelling and Theme Parks, I think is the name of it. So yeah, very, very good answer there. My only regret, it's not really a regret because I didn't realize it at the time, but the fact that I didn't take very many business courses or I didn't get an MBA, um, that slowed me down in my career quite a bit because I am on the producing side of things. And had I had a little more background in the business world, I would have been more valuable sooner. And I kind of had to figure it out on my own through my while I was working as opposed to getting a lot of that up front. So you'll never waste time taking a business class for any major. So that would be my recommendation. Good advice. I think that's definitely true. We all find ourselves in the position where, you know, something like that comes across our desk and our creative mind says, what do I do with this? So definitely agree with that. So is there anything else that you guys would like to tell students as we talk about this topic today? I'll go. Uh, Kind of following in line with the whole internship thing. It's really, in my opinion, about getting in the room where it happens, you know, at whatever level. Um, you want to get out to wherever it is and get involved. And uh, I, like Paul, highly recommend in-person over remote type of involvement. And and uh, to follow up on that, I mean, uh, Marissa kind of alluded to it, but there is TV and film production everywhere now. It is not just even domestic. You can go out of the country and do it there. You can go all around um, our country. If you can't do it in places like Buffalo, there's always... Atlanta and North Carolina and Albuquerque and Texas and Vancouver and Toronto, there's production everywhere. And the remote or virtual production is ramping up every day. I know that at Disney, they have a lot of that stuff going on um, uh, that Anna could probably speak more to. But I mean, I've been there. I've seen a lot of that stuff and, and all the virtual sets, whether they're 
you know, green screen, blue screen, or whatever screen versus the L, uh, the LCD sets and, and all that sort of tech. Um, it's remarkable what you can pull off these days um, and switch scenes and scenery in 90 seconds, basically. It's all computer gaming stuff. So it's, it's just uh, you can put yourself in it in an instant. So you can do this stuff anywhere, whether it's in your living room or on a studio or a production soundstage, it's it's all over the place. So just do whatever you got to do. Get there. I did it, too. Um, speaking of internships, I started out as an intern back in 1985. Um, I came to L.A. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a car. I didn't know anything. And I worked on a on a TV show, a very popular show at the time called Knott's Landing. And I was an intern for turned out to be six months. And uh, it was one of the, the game changers for me. So, you know, you just want to get in the room and meet people because as you meet people along your career, that's what takes you on the different paths. And you may start out thinking one thing. Uh, like Alex said, she started out in journalism and she's sort of now leaning other directions. You know, I originally started out as a journalism major, too, and and found other things as it went, not only right out of college, but all during my 35 year career in L.A. So just keep moving, keep learning, keep meeting people. That's the key. Absolutely. Anyone else have advice for students? I was just going to add to um, really, really utilize this network of Bobcat alumni. Um, since moving to L.A., it's grown like tenfold here. It's it's and I know it's not just here. It's everywhere. But definitely in L.A., um, there are so many of us. And I. I don't know anybody who's not willing to at least talk to a student, um, even if they're in Ohio or wherever on the phone, um, to give advice or insight or even more connections. We're just everywhere. So definitely take advantage. I know the students are told that all the time, but I just have to add it because it's really it's really powerful. That's how you keep going in this in this industry is making those connections. And, and OU is such a great um, thing to come back to. Um and I was going to I think I wanted to add really use the time at OU to figure out what you like to do, but also what what might not work for you. Do those positions as well. Like I, I didn't even know about post-production really at OU because it wasn't like the glamorized part of of being on set or being part of video production. Um, there's always just like one editor assigned. Like, I think it's more explored now. But when I was there, um, everyone wanted to be run camera or, you know, produce. Um, so I always kind of felt like something was missing. Like, what I really want to do this, but I don't know which part. And then um, through internships and um, more time out in the industry, I realized, oh, I really like post-production. Um, so just, yeah, you take take every experience you have at OU to kind of really hone in on what you like and what you don't, and, you know, where that, where you could find that in the, um, in the real world or in the industry. We spent a lot of time during season one talking about the amazing power of the alumni network, and I don't I think there's a city that has a a better hold on that magic than Los Angeles and the number of people that just kind of couch surf for months until they get their feet. And so um, I always appreciate that. And as part of our episode notes, we will include some of your social media accounts and handles and things like that and encourage our students to reach out to you. So I appreciate that nod to the alumni network. You know what? I want to add something to what, uh, what Anna just said too, and this is really important for kids to know nowadays, I think, and that is to not be worried. 
Uh, don't overstress what you're going to do for the rest of your life, whether it's just in your college career or after. You will figure it out. You don't really have a choice. You're going to find your way um, and your your way may change. You know, you're going to come to forks in the road along your, your journey and you'll decide, do I want to go into production? Do I want to go into post-production? You're going to meet people that are going to steer you one way or the other. Opportunities will open up or not, depending on where you're at. And that will help uh, play a role. You know, um, you'll figure it out. You know, I've had a lot of twists and turns over my career. It could have headed me in a completely different direction from where I landed. So just don't worry about it. You will find your way. Everybody does. Since I graduated kind of recently, it's like I get how stressful it is when you're like sending out like a dozen applications every day or trying to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. So it is like taking it one step at a time, like it's not just always writing cover letters and turning stuff in, but connecting with people on LinkedIn, finding people from OU to follow on Twitter and ask about their job, ask about their day to day. And it is sometimes more beneficial to take it slow than, oh, my God, I need to find a job. I need to find an internship and like jump into something. And it's good to take your time and something will come up like per se. Yeah, I completely agree. And just touching on what Bruce and Alex both said, and what you said too, Aaron, about what this podcast is about is as far as just showing how many different roles there are. And um, I think that there's this immense pressure to get your dream job right after college because you've spent four years really working on it and hearing about it and thinking about it. So you think once you graduate, you need to be, you know, this title at this type of company. But Anywhere you start is going to give you amazing experience. And sure, it might not be the most glamorous. So you're going to do some hard work um, and you might have to be there for a year, or a couple years. But all of that will help you on your next position, on your next job. Um, so it's OK if you start off, even if you don't start off in the entertainment industry and you need to stay in your hometown for a little bit to work that, you know, pizza job to make some money and then go to the city or go wherever. That's OK, too. I think. There's not just one path like we've been talking about. There's a million ways to skin the cat, as my dad used to say. So um, so no press. Don't put pressure on yourself. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I have two quick points for the the new or the hopefully newly graduated. Um, number one, you know, the learning doesn't stop when you graduate. I have had to relearn my job from scratch almost every three years in this industry, and I've been in it for 35 plus years. I mean, the technology continues to change. You know, I started out three quarter inch machines, analog, transitioned into visual effects, transitioned into digital, transitioned now to, to working from home and being fully virtual. I mean, the, the industry changes drastically every couple of years. So be prepared and be ready to keep learning. And as far as the OU network, it's a really strong. At one point, I was running BMW's in-house production group and 70% of my staff of 17 were OU grads. So uh, we take care of each other and never, never hesitate to reach out and uh, talk to somebody. Yes, thank you all so much. I know, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, this is a powerhouse group and we could talk for hours. I really wish we had more time, but um, I think we've given good, valuable advice to students and it's just amazing what you all have been able to do with your careers. So thank you again for giving back in this way to our students and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Scripps Launchpod. Remember, you're here at Ohio University to learn. So study, get to class, get involved, use your network, and don't be afraid to ask questions. 
There's a time and a place for everything, and it's called college. Subscribe to the Scripps Launchpod on Spotify, iTunes, or everywhere podcasts are found. See you next time.